0: Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. Thank you for being with us in worship today. I greet you with Jesus' joy on this beautiful Sunday morning. To my pastor, Reverend Dr. Classy Preston, thank you for your guidance and support. Now for nearly 13 years, you are a blessing to so many and live a life worthy of your calling. We are praying for your strength and your wellness on today. I thank God that he's allowed 10 of us to be here in this sanctuary. Today. We are following the laws that have been laid out in this land as we deal with the crisis that is upon us. Thank you, Minister Derek and the musicians, the praise team, Deacon Gino, who is wearing two or three hats today, and our multimedia team. You all have done a phenomenal job, and the Lord is pleased. I bless God for my brothers and sisters who serve with me here at the Grove, and all those who are joining us via streaming live. I do not take it lightly to stand in this sacred space. The story is told of a little boy named Billy, who had been misbehaving and getting on his parents' last nerve. I imagine some of you are feeling about like that right now. He was sent to his room. After a while, he emerged and informed his mother that he had thought it over and then said a prayer. Fine, said the police mother. If you ask God to help you not misbehave, he will help you. Oh, Billy replied. I didn't ask him to help me not misbehave. I asked him to help you all put up with me. That's what I ask of you today. Just put up with me for just a little while. Let us pray. Father God, the preaching hour has arrived. We pray right now, God, that you will hide me, God. Have So that you might be seen and heard God And that somebody's life will be changed through your word today We thank you God that we can continue to come before your throne of grace Asking for anything that we need God And we pray Father God as this word goes forth It will go forth with power and with the magnitude To make a difference in this world In Jesus name we pray, Amen In the 80s, a group called Cameo wrote a song entitled Word Up. This was a common slang at that time. Now, don't y'all act like you had not heard that song. So I know some of you used to dance to it. Part of the song went something like this. Tell your brother, your sister, and your mama, too, we're about to go down. And you know just what to do. Wave your hand in the air like you don't care. Glide start to look and stare. Do your dance, do your dance, do your dance dance. quick. Come on now and tell me what's the word. Word up, everybody says. When you hear the call, you've got to get it underway. Word up, that's the cold word. W-O-R-D, up. W-O-R-D, up. Word up meant, and perhaps in some circles, continues to mean, yeah, that's right. It is a form of acknowledgement or approval. Some synonyms include, I concur, or yes, I agree with that. For example, a neighbor might say, oh, your lawn looks really, really nice. And the other neighbor would reply, word up. Or someone might say to Miss Katie, you did a great job on that beautiful wall hanging, and she would say, word up. Today, I invite you to come along as we tell the story found in the verses read by Deacon Gino that have come from the eighth chapter of Nehemiah, verses one through ten. And Deacon Gino, I thank you for handling all those names so (laughs) eloquently. In these verses, the people of God are reminded about the Word of God and given a chance to word it. As we move through this passage, I want to lift up three points. First, the word convicts us. Secondly, the word sustains us. And thirdly, the word brings us joy. The wall protecting Jerusalem is finished and the people are ready to get more settlers back in their homeland. Before this can fully occur, Ezra comes on the scene. Ezra was a priest, a scribe, a lawyer, and a scholar who led the second group of exiles back to Jerusalem in 458 B.C., 13 years before Nehemiah. On three separate occasions, the exiles Israelites were allowed by the Persian kings to return to Jerusalem. The first group was led back by Zerubbabel in 538 B.C., some 80 years before Ezra, and in 455 B.C., the third group was led by Nehemiah the great leader, organizer, head of construction, and man of God whose mission was the rebuilding of the wall around Jerusalem. Up to this point in our study, Nehemiah has been our main character. Ezra, on the other hand, is head of construction and the religious leader. We will call him a pastor whose mission is to build up God's people and help them turn back to God. You know God assigns us where he needs to use us and where he will be glorified. Point number one, the word convicts us. While Ezra was still captive, God prepared his heart to seek the word of the Lord, to live it and to teach others, for he knew the word would convict the Israelites of their sin. You see, God allowed Ezra's time of captivity to be used for his glory. Even after the wall was lifted completed in 52 days, the people were still broken. You know we need to remember that it's wonderful to do the work for the Lord, but it's much more important to spend time with the Lord, especially studying His Word. I'm talking to myself. Both Nehemiah and Ezra recognized the need for God's chosen people to return to God's Word and get in right relationship. Into exile for some 70 years, but the Lord brought them out. Has the Lord brought you out of anything when you were disobedient or sinned or got yourself in a mess? Maybe you strayed back into some of your old habits or started hanging with the wrong crowd. Perhaps you are caught up in drugs or adultery or alcohol. God beckons you to return to Him. And he will welcome you back, just as he did with the Israelites, as the word convicts them in this text. It is now the seventh month, the beginning of a new year, a holy month full of feasts. First, the Feast of Trumpets was celebrated the first day of the month, wherein the Israelites were to express joy and thanksgiving to God. Second, they were to observe the Day of Atonement which celebrate the removal of sin from the people and the nation. And thirdly, the Feast of Tabernacles, which lasted seven days and was established to signify God's protection and guidance in the desert and celebrated Israel's renewed commitment to God and trust in his guidance and protection. A full month of feasts for God's people. Although out of bondage in Babylon, and it's time to celebrate what God has already done, they were still captive by the enemy and were living sinful lives. They had not been keeping God's laws. They had intermarried with foreigners who now occupy the land, and they even claimed to worship God, big G-O-D, and pagan gods. Now you know you cannot serve God and another God at the same time. But no man can serve two masters. Either he loves the one and hates the other, or he will hold to the one and despise the other. You might say the Israelites were out of order. Ezra came on the scene just in time to help his people get back on track. Right at the beginning of a new year, they had a chance to make some new year's resolutions. Are you keeping those resolutions you made in January? Everybody needs water, so this was the perfect place to get her. To be watered by the word of God as the people gathered at the water gate. Can you imagine 50,000 people gathered to hear the word of God? Ezra was told to bring the book of the laws of Moses, the first five books in the Bible, and read to God's people who had strayed spiritually and disconnected from their true and living God. These five books Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy also known as the Pentateuch would remind the people of some really important facts. In Genesis they would be reminded that God created them, the world, and everything in it, and they were set apart to worship Him. In Exodus they were reminded of the records of events of Israel's deliverance from Egypt and their establishment and development as a nation. In Leviticus It served as a handbook for the priests and Levites, outlining all their duties in worship, and it also served as a guidebook for them to live holy. Numbers would tell them the story of how their ancestors prepared to enter the promised land, how they sinned and how they were punished, and how they tried again and again. In Deuteronomy, they were reminded of what God had done, And how he encouraged them to rededicate their lives to him god spoke to the israelites from his word just as he speaks to us sometimes we just like the children of israel need to be reminded of who god is what he has done how much he loves us and how he saved us how can you know these things about our god what he is like what he expects his will for our lives, and how you should live. It is only through the word of God. We have got to know some word to live the word. The only way you can get to know our true and living God is through the word. We forget the word, its truths, and its promises, just as the Israelites did. For some six hours, Ezra read to the people and they worshipped. Nowadays, in worship service, we start shuffling our feet approaching the 90-minute mark. The people stood up with respect and for the authority of God's Word, just as we do here at Pleasant Grove and in many other churches. Ezra stood high on the platform so all could see him. Standing with him in the crowd were other priests, his associate ministers, you might say, ensuring the people understood the Word and its importance. You see, the pastor even in this day and time needs some help from other associates for encouragement and to ensure that we the people get a full understanding of God's holy word and we know how to live. Many of the Israelites did not understand the Hebrew language as they had been exposed to the Aramaic language while captives in Babylon. As God would have it, each of the priests who stood with Ezra and names with special meanings. Some of them were Mattathiah, a gift of Jehovah. Uriah, Jehovah is my life. Zechariah, Jehovah remembers. Jehovah is one of the most important names for God in the Old Testament, and it simply means He is. Yes. God was in the midst even through the names of the men that were in the crowd of the Israelites. God's word must go forth and be clear if we are to live as God expects. I now understand why Pastor Preston continually encourages us to be in study and get into the word. We must study to show ourselves approved by God, and we must know and understand his standards. The people knew they had sinned, and God's word served to convict them of their sins. As the word was preached, the Spirit of God moved upon them they began to forget about themselves, release their agendas, and submitted themselves totally back to God. They raised their hands in Yoda, the form of worship, which includes extending your hands vigorously and in complete surrender to Almighty God. Simultaneously, they shouted, Amen, Amen, confirming their beliefs in the word of God, and they bowed, a form of worship known as a rock which means to kneel about before the Lord God. Their hearts were ready to return to God. Every now and then we too get out of order and we are convicted by what is preached as the word goes forth and we worship as the Israelites did. Sometimes we even say things such as, Pastor was preaching to me today or she stepped all over my feet. We know when we're out of order. Hebrews 4 and 12 says this about the word of God. And I like how it is stated in the message Bible. God means what he says. What he says goes. His powerful word is sharp as a surgeon's scalpel, cutting through everything without doubt or defense, laying us open to listen and obey. Nothing and no one is impervious to God's word. We can't get away from it, no matter what. When you know the Word of God, or have known the Word of God, you can rejoice as you remember where God has brought you from, how He saved you, and how He will keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind focused on Him. Dr. Stephen Lawson with One Passion Ministry says this, one of the great proofs that the Bible is really God's inspired Word is its unique ability to convict men and women of their sins. The Word of God possesses divine power to convict human hearts exposing sin and revealing one's true need for God's grace. To convict refers to the judicial act of indicting one who has broken the law with a plan towards sentencing them. The idea of conviction Pitches a courtroom scene in which the guilty are accused before a judge and justly condemned. So it is with the preached word of God. When the preached word of God comes forth with power, the proclamation of the word brings supernatural power of conviction to the guilty and sinful soul. Consequently, we need repentance and salvation that will fall upon the sentencing and sick soul. There are many symbols for God's Word that we find in the Bible itself. It can be thought of as a mirror, a seed, a lamp, a sword, and even as food. But the Word also serves as a measuring stick or ruler. In years past, teachers used wooden rulers in their classes not only to give the right measurement, but on occasion to correct us misbehaving students. Some of you all might remember that. God's Word, likewise, can do both of these things. It should be used as a standard against which we measure our beliefs. Sometimes our God uses His written Word to correct us when we are in the wrong and out of His expected order, just as He did with the Israelites in our text. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What areas of your life can the Word of God cleanse? It can cleanse us from wrong thoughts, and it can remove fearful thoughts that race through our minds. In fact, the Word of God can even establish our entire thought life if we allow it to. Philippians 4, 6, and 9 says, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. That petitions and pray shape your worries into prayers letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle all over you. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of our lives. Summing it all up, friends, I say you do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true, noble, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best and not the worst. The beautiful and not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. It can cleanse us from wrong words. As we're told in Colossians 4, 6, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer one another. It can cleanse us from wrong actions. Jesus promised us this would be the case. And John 15 and 3 tells us, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Let me say that again. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. The word can clean us up. When convicted of sin by the word of God, you will be driven to repentance and ask for forgiveness just as the Israelites did. You will follow Christ, and people around you will start to get a little uncomfortable, Hmm. especially when they've chosen to remain in their sinful ways. Hmm. They will talk about you, ridicule you, and try to trip you up, just like Tobiah and St. did throughout the book of Nehemiah. Stand firm, my brothers and sisters, and remember, we serve a God who is in control of all things and wants us to be convicted by his holy word and live a life pleasing only unto him, not man. God's word convicts us. Point number two, the word sustains us. The preaching and teaching continued by Ezra and the people begin to weep, for they were grieved by their sinfulness. Sometimes when God finally gets our attention, we weep as we realize how sinful we have been and how God has been so good to us in spite of ourselves. The word of God pricked the hearts of his people and they recognized that he has sustained them and kept them in Babylon and he was sustaining them even back in their homeland. God has a way of getting our attention and helping us remember. He is sustaining us right now in the midst of COVID-19 which is caused by the coronavirus. God is not pleased with us. I believe that the Lord is using this virus to show us that it is time to get back to Him and make Him top priority. There isn't a human being alive on this planet who isn't acquainted with the troubles caused by coronavirus. Like most times of difficulty, this one arrived unexpectedly. It may remain indefinitely, and the sorrowful memories it will produce. Will take deep deep roots in our minds. It is no wonder then why Jesus' promise in John 16 and 33 should also take root in the minds and hearts of so many Christians especially now. In this world you will have trouble but take heart I have overcome the world. These are Jesus' final words of reassurance Comfort and encouragement to his disciples before his betrayal, arrest, and crucifixion. These same words offer the same reassurance, comfort, and encouragement even today. God has not and will not abandon us. Now that's good news and lets us know God is God all by himself.
1: No matter what
0: the government says, no matter what the scientists say, No matter what the people who claim they have a miracle cure for coronavirus say, only God can get us out of this trouble. We have essentially put God on a shelf in our country, even in our world. We have turned to idols instead, and now God is turning our worlds upside down to get our attention. He has not us from studying the Word of God and worshiping Him. Our investments, our shopping, our sporting events, our jobs, our travel, and other things that we call fun. God is not pleased with us and He has shaken us to the core as stocks have plummeted, malls are closed, all major sporting events are shut down. Many are working from home, and many have no jobs at all. And yes, travel has been suspended in many parts of the world. But we must remember, Matthew 6 and 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. It is time to put God back first in our lives. He must be our top priority. We must live a life that is pleasing to Him, serve Him, and obey His Word. God must, must have first place. Then He will sustain us. Point number three, the Word brings us joy. In spite of all the trouble we face, James 1 says, And again, coming from the Message Bible, consider it a sheer gift. Imagine coronavirus being a gift. Our pure joy, friends, when tests and challenges come to you from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything too soon. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. If you don't know what you're doing or you don't know how to pray, I'll tell you, it's a praying time. Yes. And God loves to help. Pray and then pray some more. <clears throat> Ask boldly, believing without a second thought that he will answer your prayer in his time. Yes. There are lessons in all trials To help us grow in our relationship with Christ. Even in this day and time as we see the death tolls from coronavirus continue to escalate. When we have to stay sheltered in our homes. There are some positives that coronavirus is having in our lives. Can you imagine that? We have some family time where we can spend some time in prayer and study of the God's word. Some of us have not had much family time for years. We are talking to each other. Even our politicians are talking to one another. We have slowed down enough to focus on some things in the house that need repair. And we get to use this great technology that God has provided, just to name a few. Tough times teach us perseverance. Bring us closer to God and challenge us to live out our Christian duty. If you know anything about praying it's time to pray and get right with God. First Chronicles says if my people that's us Christians who are called by my name his name will humble themselves come off your high voice and pray and seek my face and turn from your wicked simple ways then only then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive your sin and heal the land. Our land there was a time we need to pray and get into the word, it is now. Lean on the promises of God. They are true and found in his word. He tells us that he will never leave us or forsake us. His love endures forever and his faithfulness continues through all generations. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. We must put our hope in him and he will renew our strength and have a soaring like evil's. God is good. He is a refuge in time of trouble, and he cares for those who trust him. If you love me, he says, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. We have to remember that the thief, the devil, comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. But our God has come that we might have life, and that we might have it more abundantly. Cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for us. We must trust God and lean on his word, as from Luke 1 and 37, for no word from God will ever fail. There is joy in the word of God. How can you trust somebody you do not know? How can you know that God will sustain us if we don't read and understand the word of God now that schools are closed, jobs shut down, gyms closed, no sporting events, stores closed or with shortened hours, and our daily routines have come to a screeching halt, what better time to reconnect with God through His Word? As the people wept, Nehemiah, Ezra, and the other priests reminded the people that it is a time to celebrate. So dry your tears, go forth, celebrate. Share with the less fortunate and remember that the joy of the Lord is your strength. We too can celebrate the goodness of God even in the midst of COVID-19. As now, we look to God for His guidance and remember the joy in knowing how good He has already been. You have a chance to share with those who are struggling worse than you are. We have an opportunity to share food and meet other needs which often go to waste. Our food goes to waste. And we can share an encouraging word from the world. During this virus season, reach out to your neighbors, our homeless brothers and sisters. Reach out to children who have no food since school is closed. You are likely saying, I can't practice social distancing during that. Yes, you can. Call your neighbor or send them a word via email or text find out where food is being delivered, via curbside, and contribute. We find ways to do anything we really want to do. Do something for somebody else other than yourself. You will find that your anxiety, your stress, and your worry all take a back seat. Let me share a little story with you. On Friday, I cried. I FaceTimed with my mama who was in a nursing home She looked to be doing very, very well, but this is the first time we've gone this long without an in person visit. Her mind was mostly clear, but she kept asking, When are you coming to see me? When are you coming to see me? It broke my heart to hear her ask me that repeatedly. But even on Friday, I was able to pull myself together and remember how God has blessed and sustained her for nearly 87 years. I recall how she and my daddy raised me and my sister, and our needs were always met. I I recall how we didn't have a whole lot of money, but we had a lot of love in our home. And I remember how my parents prayed for us and instilled the word of God in us. I thank God for the caretakers who were coming in day and night to take care of Mama and all the other clients. Oh, what joy filled my soul. And you know that only joy can come from God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is nobody greater than our God, yes, sir. and he will meet your every need. Yes, there is joy, unspeakable joy, in knowing that the God who delivered the Israelites will deliver us the future is in God's kingdom. Tomorrow morning may bring joy or even a miracle. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Lamentations
0: 3.22 and 23 tells us that because of God's great love for us, we are not consumed. Don't worry, you'll be all right. For his compassions never fail. They are made new every day. Every morning, great is your faithfulness, oh God, and nothing, nothing is impossible with you. Yes. But before you can experience this joy, you must be in right relationship with him. What is your relationship like with the Lord? Can you speak an encouraging word from the word to help somebody who may be struggling, as many of us are now? Is your life turning people toward God or away from God? when they see how you are responding during this crisis. You can have joy when we have a relationship with the Lord which comes only by praying and feasting on His Word. It is time for the people of God to be the people of God. For many people, we are the only Bible that they will ever see or hear. The best way to defend the Word of God is to live the Word. And you must read it and ask God to give you a clear understanding so you can apply it every day. Making time to read the word and meditate on it will bring joy no matter the season of your life or the situation you face. My brothers and sisters, it's time for us to turn our panic into prayer and praise, our fear into faith, our hopelessness into hope, and our sadness into joy. We can weather the storms of life, even coronavirus, knowing that we then may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Even on this day, God has not forgotten us. Do not be afraid, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord our God is with us, whatever happens and wherever we go. To be blessed as the Israelites were, we must obey the word of God can't obey what you do not know or understand. Read the word while you still have time. Put those computers to some good use while you're at home and check out some different versions of the Bible to increase your understanding. Choose a topic or choose a chapter to read with you and your family or loved ones and then go through explaining what that means to you and how it applies to your life. Allow God's word to convict you and help get you out of sin. Allow God's word to sustain you, for all his promises in his word are true. Allow God's word to bring you joy, for there is joy in the hope that only God can give us as we trust in him and trust in his word. Get into the word and draw closer to our Savior. May our God give you strength and bless you with peace as you word up. Amen. Amen.